0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Fins Up Podcast. I'm your co-host this week, Sado Dan, and I, tonight I'm joined by the returning, triumphant, smiling beacon of my life. The joy that I get to share with you. Terry, welcome back, mate. Please don't ever leave me again.
1: Dan, it is great to be back, mate. It is absolutely great to be back.
0: What you, what you, where have you been? Two weeks, no contact, no messages, no photos. What's doing? You sent me to
1: Thailand.
0: Yeah, look, that's true. I did. Anyone that hasn't seen Outlaws, I banished Terry to Thailand. He had the time of his life. Had a couple of uh, co uh, special hosts on. Shout out Stegs and Rich, who did really, really well. But, uh, mate, it's, it's just not the that, same. That's not what you said
1: off air, Dan. That's
0: not what you said <laughs> off air. <laughs> that's, that's not entirely true. But uh, it's good to have you back, mate. It's good to be talking some football, too.
1: Yeah, look, it's um it's you know, for, for anyone who's listening, if you can get over to Thailand now, like I, I thoroughly recommend it, but Jeez, it's great to be home.
0: Yeah, it's good to be back in the Shire.
1: Yeah, it's it's great to be back. Uh and speak you know, I was I was meant to fly into Melbourne this morning and then uh fly home tonight that we had a twelve hour layoff, but we called that we called our flight host and just said, Look, if you can get us back earlier, they they called us up and said, Oh, We've only got two upgrades to the business class if you want. So yeah, flew home nice and comfortable. In the
0: end, it was great, it was fantastic. <laughs> Lots of legroom even for you, mate. That is it. That is fantastic. But you know what else was fantastic, Terry? What, Daniel? The Cronulla Sharks beating the Auckland. I almost called them the Awful Warriors. That's a uh, Freudian slip. Twenty-nine to ten. Now, did you did you manage to see the game? Because I know she weren't weren't beside me in the stands.
1: Yeah, I did. I, I I cleared customs at midday. Um, I was I was back home. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was back home by about one o'clock. Uh, watched the Kings game and then set the. Uh, I was about. I was on half an hour delay. So when everyone was blowing up on Twitter about Will Kennedy being sent off, I still hadn't seen it. <laughs> so I kept off socials. I was half an hour behind. And Jesus, when he, yeah, when he got sent off, I was like. Well, I don't know how much steel we're going to have, and then uh, they scored first crack, and I thought, oh, here we go; it's uh, it's over here. Like this is going to be a long afternoon in the Shire. But you know, cliche. Full credit to the boys.
0: Mate, that's it. Take it, taken another podcast and made it our own. Now let's let's talk about the send off. Yay or nay.
1: No? Absolutely, hundred percent. I know, I know, I know. Will Kennedy's got one of the cleanest records in the game. He's one of the nicest guys that plays the game. Um, it's an accident but accidents are dangerous. Um, and Todd Smith, my favourite referee, turned around and said, um, not only not only was it careless, but it was reckless as well. Kennedy left his feet, stuck his arm out. It's a good old-fashioned clothes, coat hanger, clothesline, whatever you want to call it. I, I, Will knew straight away he got up, put his hand up, and I think he thought if he puts his hand up and says sorry, he'll get, he'll get away with 10 in the bin, but uh, send off every single day it's
0: a send-off look we were there we were there live Um, at first I thought that Walsh had sort of contributed to it Um, one replay though yeah look I I definitely can't argue with the send-off look as I I was with the boys last night Richie and Jim both made good points Rich said if it was roles reversed we'd want Reese Walsh sent off and Jimmy made the really good point if nothing good comes from being wrong-footed and throwing your arm out he either collects him high or he does his peck because the bloke steps inside and burns him so it was just a reflex action, you know, a player in good form. I uh, got wrong footed. Reese Walsh, hell of a step. He had a real good game for that first first half. Beat Kennedy inside out, you know, in hindsight it worked out, but you kinda just wish he let Reece Walsh score untouched under the post. But uh, send off for mine, mate. I think two weeks is about fair. I, I he's not gonna fight it. There's absolutely no way, there's no bearing that you know. Um, but unfortunately we got two players at the judiciary. What'd you make of the Ramion ten?
1: I think Ramian's lucky
0: that Kennedy got sent off. I think he because might have been joining if him. If Kennedy yeah.
1: hadn't been sent off, Ramian was definitely going. And I think I think, had there been under 10 minutes left in the match, he was
0: going. It's fair course. Pretty bad shot. It was um, direct force to the head uh, with the shoulder. There was no... Look, he didn't try and tackle him. Now, full disclosure, I was in the bathroom when this happened, and... The Warriors had the ball when I went into the bathroom, and I heard a huge cheer, which made me think, oh, they've knocked on. And then I heard a huge eruption, so I thought, oh, maybe it's penalty six again or something. I walk out, and Ramian's walking off the field. So I went and saw it today, and I had one look, and he's very, very lucky not to have be been joining Kennedy in the sheds. Yeah, well, I mean, he did join Kennedy in the
1: sheds, but <laughs> only one of them got to rejoin the game. Um, I think, yeah, I think Justin I County's lucky stars that. Toddy had already sent. And that's the first player he's, he's ever sent off as well. So Will Kennedy makes history twice. <laughs> he does. What a legend. And that's first time he's
0: been sent off. First time Todd Smith sent someone off. Um, yeah, I think, uh,
1: you know, had had Will Kennedy only cop 10 in the bin, Jess was going. And had there been under 10 minutes left in the game, I think uh, I think Jess was definitely getting his marching orders. Look, I, I, think, I think the thing that, that came from that, originally was that Todd Smith called it a knock on that's that's the other thing in context that you need to call, you need to remember is that Todd Smith called it a knock on because he thought the shot was good and when the shot first happened I thought it was good when you when you see the replay he's like i think i think one thing that saved him was you and Aiken stepped and he was on his way down cuz if if Aiken's upright Ramian belts him yeah um but, yeah, I think yeah, Jesse's a lucky boy. He's got three weeks. People are saying it's, it's bullshit that he's got three weeks. Not really. He's got priors. He needs to cut this out of his game. Like, it's all well and good putting a shot on, and and I don't mind if he wants to do that when it's 13 on 13, but we're already down a player, and, you know, there's other ways you can fire your team up.
0: There certainly is.
1: A good, a good legs tackle then, or, or a driving tackle, would, it, would have been a better result.
0: Well, he wasn't going anywhere. And this is on replay so I didn't see the incident live. Um, but, you know, anytime you shoulder a bloke to a head, you, you're holding your breath. And I agree that if he, if we'd had 13, we were down to 12 for the, the rest of the game. But, mate, I don't think it would have mattered if we played with eight because there was no way the Warriors were scoring another point.
1: No, they, look, let, let talk about the game now. At 6-0, you know, the, the first try we scored was beautiful. Matt Lodge came out. I, I don't know what Dal Fanukin's done to Matt Lodge, but he you know, Matt Lodge had a bee in his bonnet like he was a woman in a in a New York uh, apartment. He was just trying to kill him. And uh, uh, after that we you know, two passes wide, Ramion's in space, Heinz scores, and it kind of I was kind of getting vibes from the Brisbane game, like we were just cruising, we were just waiting for something to happen, and then you know, Kennedy gets sent off, and, and I'm sitting there going, well, well, that's not what I wanted to happen, you know? <laughs> and, you know, they, they score. They score off that play, and then they score three minutes later, and you're like, are the floodgates going to open? But, you know, some real, we're blessed with some real leaders in this team because on on the field, you could see Hines, Moylan, McInnes, and Finucane just calming everyone down, get back to the basics, take it up the middle, let's get to our kick. You know, they're the ones playing with the advantage. They've got to try and take advantage of us. And, you know, we, we got one sniff, the turnover, three repeat sets, perfect, perfect repeat sets, well played by Nico Hines, Matt Moylan. Um, and eventually all that pressure they had to tire. And you are just got to have a look. And this is, I think, the evolution and the maturity of Blake Braley, that when we got in their attacking zones, it didn't matter who was left or right. Blake Braley picked who was the worst defender that was closest to them, and they just ran it and ran it and ran it. And you could see when we were on the other side of the field, he was running at that, the debutant, um, was it, Arcee? Arcee, yep. He, he sent Jesse Ramian, he sent Briton Nakora, you know, he sent him at Arcee, make these tackles, make these tackles. Then when we came wide, it looked like we were going to spread it back to the right. And he was like, no, 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 Sean Johnson's one-on-one with T. ruin here, bang, T goes over. Great maturity from Blake Braley. And he kept doing it, you know. You could see we'd, we'd make a break, and he'd go for his quick scoot, and then he'd pick who the, the weak person was, throw the ball back to him. I think half time was the worst thing that happened to the Warriors. To be fair, Dan, watching the game, um, because they were, you know, they would have been sitting there to themselves, going in the in the sheds, going, "Well, it's going to happen. They're going to tire. They're going to make mistakes." We're going to get plenty of chances. Well, the opposite happened. We didn't get tired. We didn't make mistakes. And the Warriors got frustrated, and they were the ones giving away the penalties, and they were the ones making the mistakes. So we were, we were fresh. And any time they had the ball in our like on our trial, I don't think they are going to score a try, unless they put a kick in.
0: Look, exactly right. Straight off the bat, Sean Johnson was the worst half on the field in a game where he had... Absolutely. Absolutely. A one man advantage for almost t- over two thirds of the game and a two man advantage for 10 minutes. They didn't look like scoring when we had a player, when we had two players off, rather. Now, when we were down to 11, Nico Hines was playing fullback and halfback. He was defending in the line and dropping back on the third tackle. And you see, Moylan was about a step behind the line. I was watching as they got a set on our line and as the ball went to Johnson, Moylan took two steps back and went under the pose While Nico sprinted towards the corner, they kicked the ball, kicked Moylan on the chest. We were extremely lucky to have two fullbacks in that line who both read exactly what Johnson was going to do because they cut off both his options. He's either going to kick kick wide, which we had covered. Nico was there, or he kicks back in the middle, and Moylan literally took it on the chest, fell down, and and you know. We we had the went up there and I think we ended up scoring off the next set from memory. I, you yeah, know, game, so the, there was the the other
1: the other play on that as well was when it was the fifth tackle and he just puts the grubber kick in and Moylan falls on it and then uh, Lodge shoots out of the line. Talakai runs over the top of him, but he was offside.
0: That's the one. Um, yeah, completely yeah. So changed the momentum.
1: Had simbind at that time. He had. That was 13 on 12, and then Connor
0: scores the first try. But, like, I honestly felt like we were the better team after their second try. When they scored that first try, I was like, oh, shit. You know, maybe that's the wake-up. And I thought, oh, we're going to have to win this, like, 12-10 or something. And then when they scored that second try, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, this is bad. But if you could pick anyone in the competition to be in that situation with, Stale Dale and Cam McInnes, because they defended for two we didn't we barely missed a tackle in that second half I think we dropped the ball twice and one of them was Moylan being a smart ass at the scrum or from dummy half or something so you don't really even count that but I mean Talakai is another one he's a forward playing wide that he was defending for two people you know Ramian, and when he was there defending for two people Moylan was arguably the best defender on the field every time he ran in he absolutely snotted blokes I don't know what's gotten in, in into him but I fucking love it. And Nico Hines, like I said, he was making tackles then running back and defending at fullback. And then he every ball that went up, he looked like he'd been doing that all season all off season. Catching on the chest, making quick meters. Sione Katoa had one of the best games I've ever seen from that bloke. You know, he didn't he didn't do the crazy diving tries, you know, time after time. But his hit-ups from our end, you know, Brian Toto aside, because I think he's undisputed, and maybe one of the, you know, the Manly boys when they're fully firing. Katoa's the bloke I want bringing the ball out of our end. He runs harder than Katoni Stags. He runs a lot harder than Zach Lomax. And these are pricks that are talking about origin contention. Like, get fucked. Give me Katoa any day.
1: Yeah, I think you're right there. Katoa was brilliant. But one of the other things as well, when we had the player sent off, you kind of see your halves, you know, like any time someone gets sent off, your halves can go into their shell, you know, play – you know don't try and play that expansive football not our boys we were like fuck it let's spread it third tackle Nico Hines saw an opportunity for a 40-20 yeah you know it didn't come off and then he was like right i'll get the
0: ball back he got the ball back yeah you know, he was
1: he was absolutely brilliant and it was good because he had a stinker against the broncos and he bounced back um there's another player as well who not they're not you know not going to get the mentions because he wasn't flashy but Toby Rudolph played five minutes at right centre. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: That is incredible.
1: So, Nakora went to centre first, and Toby went to the edge, and then they switched. And Toby Rudolph was playing right centre.
0: thats I never thought I'd see the day. I never thought I'd hear those words, mate. He wouldn't have been uh, able to do that last year. Not in a million years. He would have got burned.
1: He was, he was really, like, Toby was really good on the weekend as well, and... You know, I think now Fitz got his minutes. Fitz has got his minutes right. Um, he, Toby played thirty-three minutes.
0: Yep, that's about right. All right, thirty
1: to forty. Oh. Yeah, pro- probably about seven minutes too short for my liking. But, um, you know, when you when you've got guys like Cam McInnes, Cam played sixty-four minutes. Alfenuchen played fifty-two. Play Graham, 19, uh, sorry, 29. Andrew feeder 13 minutes. 13 good minutes from Andrew for feeder as well. They
0: were 13, 20, 16 minutes, mate. Every time he hit the ball up, he looked like he was going to run people over. I was certain he was going to score when he dragged those five players yeah. towards the line. I was like, I've seen that before somewhere, Terry. But the way yeah, he fell yeah, on that ball at well. our own end, I, oh my God. I, I think, like,
1: he, he, uh, when. when um, when Hines put Ramian over for the final try, the commentators on Fox, because I can't listen to Channel 9, and probably Gus Gould doesn't think either of those were a send-off or a sim bin, so that's why I don't listen to it, but the commentators turned around and said, you couldn't pick a bad player from the Sharks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: True. And I think, I think they're absolutely right. You know, like, obviously, Will Kennedy aside, you take it, you see the, the other 16 blokes, like even Ramian, yes, Ramian served 10 minutes in the bin. When he was on, he was... Fucking
0: brilliant! Yeah, he was—he was untouchable. Talakai was untouchable too. He, i am willing to say that last week was that—that that aberration game. They all had the flu. It's all come out this week that they were all sick with the flu for the past two weeks, which explains the um, the the fatigue plus the amount of games. You know, if we didn't have the long layoff for the ten days, and we go down to twelve, I, I think we get beaten. But the boys just had—they had more energy than than the yeah. Warriors.
1: Um. C. C. had the same amount of post-contact metres that Adam Fanua Blake had total run metres.
0: If you gave me that pre-game, I would have called you crazy because Adam Fanua Blake's forged a career on beating us up.
1: Yeah, look, we shut him down. It was it was Matt Lodge. Matt Lodge did the damage for the Warriors, and it's a shame that he's. It's a shame that he's such a nasty prick, Matt Lodge. Because when it comes to being a footy player, he's actually really handy, and he's leaving the Warriors. And uh, you know I don't want I don't want Matt Lodge, and I'm not sitting here advocating for Matt Lodge. But if Matt Lodge was a clean skin like Dalvin and I'm snapping him up. Yeah. Just, really, he was the Warriors'
0: best player. Yeah, it's an absolute shame, but he is he's a horrible prick, and that that will cost him in the long run. Probably end up at a shit club like the Dragons. But uh, mate, if you said to me, Fenoal Blake's not going to play, a, he had zero impact, straight up yeah. zero impact. Now, Reese Walsh was very very good in that first half. You know, it was his play that got Will Kennedy sent off. It was his break that that second try was magic. That was really good football. That's the worries you wanted to see. I was worried, though, that Sean Johnson would see that and go, you know what, kid, this is how it's done. He was going to go ballistic. Pre-game, we went over in the warm-up, and Dutch and I, especially Dutch, reached out to Sean, like, thanks, Sean, and he came over and he sort of said g'day and stuff. And then we joked, hope you have a shocker. And he said, you know what, guys, I'm going to have the worst game of my career. I had to check that he was still on the field in the second half because I was expecting him to put balls up that Nico was going to struggle with. You know, as good as he is at fullback, he's out of touch. He's been playing in the halves. You don't take many bombs on the chest in the halves. And I was expecting Johnson to be running left and right and throwing ridiculous cutout balls they played catch-up football. I'm still waiting. I think we can put that to bed. Not offering him a contract, despite him winning two games this year off his boot, Seventy nine or eighty two minutes or whatever it is of nothing kicks field goal. Okay, that's all well and great, but you got a one man advantage for sixty plus minutes and you can't beat a side that's coming off a loss. Vindication.
1: Yeah, look, uh, Paul Paul Warren said it best. Um, that shows that that performance from SJ shows why we kept Matt Moylan over him.
0: Yeah, exactly right.
1: And and I'll, I'll say this, like you, you mentioned it before, but Moylan is like. He's on another level at the moment. Um, but, you know, 13 on 11, and Sean Johnson gets the ball on the fifth tackle, and he kicked the ball into the mangroves.
0: Yeah, such a bad kick.
1: But on that on that spot there, Britt Nakora got the ball and and threw the long pass as if, let's take the quick tap. Britt, mate, we're down to 11. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Be like Jordan Pickford. Fall on the ball and just lay there.
0: That's it. Was it was it Cam that told him to quiet down? I can't remember who we saw, but someone yeah, was like, "Slow the Ken fuck down." Ran, fucking screamed that. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's the leadership you need. Now, mate, Matt Moylan, he's having a tremendous season. If he was faster, he would have six tries this year because the amount of half breaks that guy makes, he sees. You know, his mind is so far ahead of his body; it's ridiculous and the amount of times he's almost run through a gap 10 to 12 meters out only be brought down by the last defender. It's just it's getting me excited because I want to I want that, you know, that release of another Moylan try. It's only been a week, it's only been a game, but I'm hungry for more, mate.
1: Yeah, I think um I think, you know, with Moylan, it's it's a shame that he's not a, you know, a yard faster and it's also a shame that he wants a two-year deal because I'm not ready to pull the trick. I'm, I'm not ready to believe that Matt Moylan's body is able to hold up. You know, if if Moylan came to us and said, "I'll just keep signing one-year contracts until I can't play anymore," fine. You know, or if we go to if we said to Moylan, "We're going to find a one-year, we'll find you a one-year deal until we can find the perfect partner for Nico Hines," all well and good. But Moylan now putting the pressure on for a two-year deal. Ah, oh, I don't think I can do it.
0: No, no, two years is too much. He's he's playing really well, and this is, you know, this is Pete and we're seeing, minus the speed, of course, but you can't risk your future on a player. If he came and said, one-year deal, Terry, I'm exactly right, especially on the deal he's on now because he's backed himself into his credit, he's doing really well, but you can't, you just can't do that. I mean, the Titans have gone out and spent big on Kieran Foran. Now, Foran's in, in good shape. He's in real, real good form. Um, you know, last weekend he was a little bit quiet, but the week before he was the best player in the park for them. So, And against us, he was really, really good. So I can see, you know, they lead the leadership and stuff, but it's, it's the Moylan situation. He's only one injury or one night on the drink away from being out for eight to 12 weeks. And I just don't know if you can put your future in that. I'd, I, we, you know, we'll, we'll move on in a second, but we're probably going to see a different halves partner for Moylan this week. So I don't really have, you know, see a ready-made replacement. But, uh, you know, I I can't justify two years, mate, as much as I struggle, as much as I want to. Yeah, so, you
1: know, as you said, it looks like Will Kenley's going to miss two weeks, Jesse Raymond's going to miss three weeks. Neither of the boys should contest it. um, You know, just sort of say sorry, do your time, walk on. Um, What's your ideal situation?
0: Well... I just, just want to go back because I've got Wade Circle here. Wade Graham this week was fucking incredible. If he comes on. if he play, Yeah, we've been calling it for years. If he comes on and plays that middle spot because the way he got that ball from right to left and creating an overlap, there's no other middle forward in the game that can do that who's not named Isaiah Yo? So I love that role. And if he wants to do that next year, I'd sign him tomorrow. Now, this week. Now, ideally, you want Lockie Miller playing fullback, but he's injured. So ideally, I'm not going to get what I want. You've got a superstar fullback in Nico Hines. Otherwise, you're putting in a stopgap, whether that be Connor Tracy, Luke Metcalf, you know, Ronaldo. I don't think Sioni's up to it, you know. Talika, I can probably play fullback the way the form he's in. You know, as long as it's not Moylan. I saw someone say Moylan's got plenty of fullback, and I was like, fuck you, don't you dare do that to my boy. I think Nico Hines plays one. And Trindle plays seven. I want to say Metcalf. I really do, but I, uh, Trindle at seven. I don't love it, but if Nico Hines plays like he did this past week, doesn't matter who's in the seven.
1: Yeah, I, I, the ideal situation is obviously Metcalf or Miller, but Lockie Miller didn't play for the Jets. Metcalf did play, but from what I heard, he didn't finish the game. Um, I think ideally the the least the least amount of disruption that you can do is is probably Heinz to Heinz to fullback and Trendle to seven. I, again, if it was a home game against Canberra and, and Lockie Miller was available, maybe give him the debut. But you know, it's magic ground. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking myself out of Lockie Miller. I'm talk, I, I mean, if Met, if Metcalf's available, then obviously I want Metcalf. I want Metcalf in the team.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've got to say though, if I had in the perfect world, Lockie Miller debuts at fullback this weekend.
1: Yeah, perfect world. Uh, uh, I mean, it'd be good. It'd be good to see what all the hype is like. There's lots of people online talking about Lockie Miller that. You know, like they've watched him through his whole sevens career, but they've never watched a game of rugby union, and they're saying that he's in incredible form. But that you know, they've never watched a Newtown Jets game either. So it'd be nice. It'd be nice to see what he was all about. But um, I, I think I think going up to Magic Round, we'll we'll will select Hines at fullback and Trindle will play seven.
0: Yeah, look, that's what I'm expecting to see. Um, I wouldn't be shocked. Now Connor Tracy, I was expecting to be named 14, but with With Ramian facing, you know, so many weeks on the sideline, obviously he goes straight in the centre and Ronaldo goes back on the wing. Look, Ikevalu's there, and I I don't even want to put this out there, but um, Sir Fitz, how the great man, is a big fan of of Haradi, who's played a a little bit of fullback. Now, anyone who's, you know, religious or believes in that, please pray that that doesn't happen because I don't think I could take it. I don't think I could take 80 minutes of Haradi at fullback.
1: Well, I mean, the other thing that could happen as well, because don't forget, he spent a whole preseason there, but Conor Tracy could go to fullback, Ronaldo could go to center, and Ikevalu could go on the wing. That's that's, right. that's another option there.
0: It's mate, it's good to be talking options, because four or five players could realistically come in. You're not going to lose too much. You know, Will Kennedy is he's in, you know, he's a very he's a lynchpin in our attack is where I'm going with this. But Nico Hines is a player who you need touching the ball three or four times a set. He can do that at fullback or he can do it in the halves. Now, we can defend Trindle in the line because Trindle, as a defender, is he, he tackles like a forward. You know, he's he's got brilliant technique and he plays big. You know, he's not the biggest guy in the world. Nico Hines played, he attacked at fullback, uh, at halfback and defended at fullback. I think we might see a bit of that with Trindle in the line. Now, the other way of thinking is you play Wade Graham at six and you defend him in the line and you bring Hines in. I don't think it's going to work because it's too much people in the way. But ultimately, wherever Nico is, he's our main playmaker. That's that's yeah. the long and short. The, the, the one thing
1: that I don't want to do, especially seeing the body shape of Wade Graham at the moment, I don't want him in the halves. Um, and I, I, I don't want Wade at the moment playing 80 minutes because he doesn't look like he's up to play in 80 minutes. No. I think Bench on the weekend was... Was a very very good bench. Um, you know, we got we and we got. I think we got the rotations almost nailed on. Um, definitely good to see Cam McKinnis start at lock. I think I think McKinnis was absolutely brilliant on the weekend.
0: That's the goal. Uh,
1: you know, I, I I gave him my one point in the uh, in the three two ones. Obviously, Nico was number three. I gave Dal Finnukin the two because if he doesn't play, we don't win that game. Yeah, fair enough. On the flip side, if Dale plays last week against Brisbane, we'll win that game by 20.
0: Yeah, we. Were, he's, he's that important. I gave Cam the two for, for the record. I thought he was irresistibly good. hmm Yeah. And I think Katoa um, was my one from memory. I, d- I did it early this morning.
1: Yeah. I Look, you, you, could have, you could have picked a whole heap of people for the two and the one, but the the main thing is Nico was the best player there. Um it's yeah, I mean, it, it's good to be talking about like before a team this Tuesday. So obviously, Dan, we're going to jump on the podcast again tomorrow night, um, and we'll release it on Wednesday to talk about the team and, and then obviously you know preview the Raiders game as well. But um, yeah, look, I, I still can't get over this performance. Like I watched the replay today, I watched the highlights. I just again, mate, I just can't. I having a look at the stats as well. I can't believe that we were the team that was down. The numerical advantage.
0: Yeah, it's unheard of. Now, the Daily Telegraph did erroneously say that no team's done it for 14 years. But Scott from Zero Tackle pointed out, I think Canberra or the Bulldogs, I can't remember which way it went. Canberra won last year when Papali was sent off. So
1: Papali was sent off in the second half, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether that comes into it, but technically... Yeah, so
1: the the whole thing about it was... We're the first team to win in 14 years with a player sent off in the first half.
0: Perfect. I'm going to DM Scott as soon as we're finished here. Wait, yeah. You, you have no right to win a professional football game with 12 players for more than 15, 20 minutes.
1: No. So let's let, let's go through it now. Stat-wise, possession, Cronulla, 58, 42. How does that happen?
0: Brilliant play from the halves.
1: Completion rate, 88%, 85%. We had nine more sets than them. How does that happen? Shouldn't happen. Uh, We had more runs, which obviously meant we had more meters. The Warriors averaged the lowest amount of yardage this year as well. I couldn't believe that. And we kept them below their average. We had 19 offloads to six, six line breaks to two, more kicks, more kick meters. We only missed 18 tackles.
0: That's the stat right there. If that's up in the high 30s, you're in trouble.
1: Yeah. We had uh, less errors. We conceded the same amount of penalties. Um, and then we had the send off in the Symbian like the those stats should be reversed. We should have had forty eight percent of the possession, we should have had nine less sets, we should have missed the forty-five tackles. But we didn't and we talked about it, it's the leadership, it's Cam McInnes, it's Dal Fanukin, it's Nico Hines wanting to be captain of this club when everyone's gone. It's you know, even Connor Tracy. Yeah. You know, Connor Tracy on the wing, twenty-five years old. Anytime something happened, he's running in. This is Connor Tracy, who grew up a lifelong Sharks fan, busted his legs, went to South Sydney to get fresh, made his NRL debut with South Sydney, came back to Cronulla as a half, a utility, fullback, centre, winger. This is a guy who's running in when people are making mistakes, going, don't worry, head up, let's defend. He didn't let anyone down.
0: No, absolutely fact,
1: not.
0: Connor was fantastic.
1: This is C. Vitalikai, who people were saying had a quiet game last week, despite he had eight tackle breaks and 164 metres. Backed it up with 193 metres and seven tackle breaks. Just get about your work. Like, this is a team now that isn't immature. This is like a team that, you know, we said it. We're not built now to win a premiership, and we're probably not. We're probably a level below, you know, the, the Storm and the Panthers. But, you know, we're the next cap off the right with the surprisingly good Cowboys and the Parramatta Eels. Um, You know, and it's just,
0: like, last year, we lose that game by 30 points. Absolutely, we do. It's all attitude, plus the players, obviously. But I just, last week, even it's, even though it's, we lost.
1: I'm gonna, I'm
0: gonna, it's, it's, it's Dale Fanukin. It, it is Dale Finucan, and I think Ken McKinnis plays a huge part in it, too. Like, their defensive, the amount of one-on-one tackles they make, because when you yeah. got to get four or five guys in a tackle, an offload means you're fucked. Soon as the ball goes wide, especially when you're down numbers, our like first that, contact is just so good this week. They needed that rest. That's all it that, was last week.
1: That second try that they scored, as you said, there four people on Matt Lodge. He gets an offload.
0: Yeah, it's gonna happen. That that's yeah. that's the game. So the one on one tackles, but to a man, they all defended. Like Fafita had the biggest thirteen minutes of his life. Like he was just so good. The way he dived on that ball. You can't tell me he does that last year. You can't tell me hits the ball up like that, and you can't tell me he gets those offloads. He was destructive. 13 minutes of Fafida, we don't need four players playing, you know, your four bench players playing 40-plus minutes. The minutes are going to go somewhere. You need that impact player. Like Jack Williams played bigger minutes this week. He was real good. But those feeder minutes were, like, incredible, mate.
1: Now, I was watching this game with my mum my and my stepdad, and my stepdad... You know, huge Penrith fan, but a notorious uh, Dylan Motesny Zale- uh, is a a lesni hater. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> when he threw the pass, my stepdad was like cracking up, laughing,
1: going, "This is the kind of shit we had to put up with Penrith with this guy on the wing. Yeah, he's useless." And then when Connor Tracy scores, he's like, "How can people up? Because that's what, that's the Lesneyak wing. That's why. Just keep targeting that. You'll score 100 tries down there.
0: keep on that yeah, way. <laughs>
1: He was, he was terrible.
0: He was, mate. He doesn't like shark Park. That's where Bronson Zeri ended his uh, Penrith career too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. Look, well, yeah, With this performance there, it's like the, it, it takes you back to like, you know, it, put, it puts a lot of pride in the jersey. And I know we won the spoon that year, but when we had the two wins, when we came back from 22-0 down against the Broncos and 24-0 down against the Roosters that year, like, you were proud of that effort and you were proud of that team. Going down a man for 64 minutes of the game and not only winning, but as you said, you know, if we were to win this game, it was going to be like 12-10 or 14-10, but winning by 13-plus. It's ridiculous,
0: that's right? Big. Now, I was there, Terry, and the atmosphere was rocking. From the start, yeah. You, you could
1: hear it through the TV, mate.
0: It was Mother's Day. It was a beautiful day in the Shire. Like, I'm talking perfect weather. If you could get that every weekend, you would. The amount of people there, like, they were celebrating Mother's Day, but there were also a lot of people who weren't there because they were celebrating Mother's Day. So I think that sort of equals out, as funny as that sounds. But the atmosphere was loud. People were into it. Dane Wheeler, a big fan of the show, he'll be listening, he would have gone home with no voice, the way he was trying to hype people up pre-game and during the halftime break. They had Bohemian Rhapsody on. Which no one knew the words to, so it was pretty funny. But then Bon Jovi Living on a Prayer, they had the mullet wigs they were handing out at the um, at the gates. So, yeah, probably had. That? Sorry? What was the mullet for? Oh, I can't remember. It was some promotion they were doing. I think it had to do with men's health. It was, it was great. They had a mullet competition at halftime, and I swear Beck would have had the greatest time. But, uh, mate, seeing three to 5,000 mullet wigs all singing Living on a Prayer, it was rocking. And, like, even when we were a player down, every tackle in that second half was applauded as if it was a try. It just, like like you said, proud to be a Sharks fan. That's, Matt said, I think a bit of hyperbole here, but that's one of the best performances since 2016. The more I think about it, it probably is. That's our best win of the year. Not the biggest because we belted the Dragons. It's not the biggest win because we, we beat Parramatta, obviously, and they're flying. But in terms of, like, the best win... It's going to be hard to beat that.
1: Yeah, that that's definitely our best win there because it was our most complete performance and we were down our player of the year.
0: Shouldn't happen. Everything that, in the rugby league world says that cannot happen.
1: No. Every, everything in rugby league points to Cronulla folding. But, you know, this is, this is the type of, you know, we've got a coach now who, you know, Fitz, I just go back to the Melbourne press conference, and Fitz turned around and said, "Like even down to the even down to our last breath, we were fighting to win that game. You know, against the Broncos, like ten to go, we were still trying to win that game. He's not gonna, he's not gonna accept. You know, imagine going in losing that game by thirty points, and he goes, well, what did you guys do? Oh, Kennedy got sent off in the first half. Yeah, what'd you do for the other sixty-four minutes?'
0: Exactly right.
1: And 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 at the same point." I reckon the players were like, fuck getting another roasting from Fitz.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Not going
1: you know, Let Nathan Brown give his players a rocket this week. Like, I'm going to ask you a question, Dan, because I know we're putting the boot into the Warriors now, but what's more embarrassing for them, the 70-10 to flogging from Melbourne or that game?
0: This game. You lose to Melbourne, you lose to Melbourne. They can put 70 on anyone at any time. Yeah, I definitely feel like they gave up in that second half, but this, if we'd lost – This game, I would be beyond filthy. It just, insipid performance. But the Sharks kept them to that because if they roll over us and they score a third try, they go on to win that game by 30. But Canelo were like, no, fuck you. It's not going to happen. You're going to work for it. Now, a lesser experienced and a lesser talented halves, when we were rolling, would have tried to score off every set. We were just racking up for six. We're going left and right. Don't get me wrong. We weren't just hitting it up, but there was a lot, as you mentioned. Brayley was just hitting the weak defenders, He's hitting the you know one off the ruck. You know, you, you go, you bang, bang, bang up the middle. Then you go left. Then you go right. And then Nico just roll it in. Bang, six more. Now the Warriors, because of the situation, didn't have the guts to say we'll go the short kickoff. You know, because they were in the mindset of we're going to break them down. They're going to get tired. We'll go long. We'll just defend force and error. Come down the end. Nico gets tackled on the fifth. Moylan just puts it in. Easy as. Easy as your life. Six more tackles. That, that killed them because they did the work that we probably should have been doing and they were the more tired coming out of half time, which is just. as Even as I say that, it sounds fucking stupid.
1: Yeah. But I mean, you you know, we, we go back to a, the Sean Johnson kick where he kicked into the mangroves was the turning point of that game. We're down to 11 men. We only have. A six-point lead at that time. If he gets the reset there, if he gets that kick right, the Warriors score the next set.
0: Yeah, you can't hold it. Yeah, down. it's not possible.
1: And, and you probably have to huddle and turn around and go right. Let one of the wingers score out wide on Reese Walsh. Probably Reese Walsh's lesser, but make them score out wide to give him a tough kick and wind some more minutes down on the clock. Can't let them score under the post. Um, if he gets that kick right, it changes the game. But he got that kick wrong. After that kick, there was there, three minutes had gone. After that kick, in the next seven minutes, the Warriors had the ball twice. Once they dropped it and the second time they got the ball on the third tackle, Ramian was back on the field.
0: Incredible. The, the cheer when Ramian came back on was huge. It's like people believe. Like, hold on. This is this is gonna happen. Pre-game though, when they when they call the players' names out, yeah. now Nico Hines is the most popular man in the world, so that's not really fair. Wade Graham and Dal Fanukin got the second biggest chair. I think Toby was third, but right behind it was Fitzgibbon. When's the last time people really cheer a coach? Like, oh yay, Flano or yay Morris, you know, but this is this is genuine. This is our guy.
1: I remember obviously the whole hoo-ha around the Asada when there was the bring back Flano campaign and all that kind of stuff. So I remember you know Flano got a big reception when he came back after his one game suspension in 2013, and then his first game back in 2015, and also after he won the Premiership in 2017. But that's that's like spot matches. Mm-hmm. Even at even at the the Manly game on the Thursday night when they when they called the players out and they said Craig Fitzgibbon. Like, everyone was up on their feet clapping the coach.
0: It's just What a man. Like, he's very, very likeable. This is a very likeable team, Terry.
1: It is a very likeable team, yeah. And, and you know, next year, like, like you're, you're talking about the, the front rowers from the Warriors being awful. And then they're going to add Dylan Walker to that. So I'd rather be in our position than theirs. But and Mitch yeah, I, can't believe, I, I can't believe we won that game. I'm, I'm still in a shock. I'm probably going to watch another replay of it now because it's just – that's up there with one of my favourite games. You know, we've put some, we've put some Belton's on team. Like, every now and then I'll go and turn the 62-0 or the 68-6 over Manly, you know, just because they're fun games. But this is going to be one of the ones that gets locked on the IQ box, I think.
0: Oh, no, absolutely right. Just the heart. Like, I watched the up-up the Cronulla after the game was extra special this week. Now, yeah. Ken McInnes, what a rig, first and foremost. But that guy, it's like he's been a shark his whole life. And Toby Rudolph, mate, he had the best Mother's Day. They all did Mother's Day um, videos beforehand. His was the greatest. His dancing to Shawn Michaels, sexy boy, by the way, that's a highlight that will never leave. But, mate, the guy, the, like I said, this is a likable team. And the way he has introduced that, whatever it is, the, the TikTok pump it up dance, whatever, we tried to do it pretty well too, I must say. But yeah. it's just... These boys, they all believe in it. This is something I haven't seen for years. It's belief, and it doesn't matter what's thrown up. 13, 12, 11, fucking hell, we're going to win a football game. been a long time since we could say that. Twice
1: we've been down to 11 men, and twice teams haven't been able to crack
0: it. Show me any other team outside of Penrith or Melbourne that can do that.
1: They wouldn't. And on that note, Dan, we're running very, very close to the edge. So I think we've just got to end it with... How
0: Delphanooken. How Delphanooken, we'll see you all tomorrow.